a lot, of, a lot of characteristics I could have talked about when it comes to this 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team, champion hockey team. And um, the one that I just kept centering in on and coming back to was this wonderful word that we use very rarely anymore called perseverance and the power of perseverance. You may not, if you don't know the whole story, and I won't go into it now, but two weeks before the Olympics in 1980 began, two weeks before it, in Madison Square Garden in an exhibition game between the USSR hockey team and the U.S. Olympic team, the U.S. Olympic team was beaten like 10 to 3, two weeks before that, uh, those games started. So the odds were just phenomenal. Some of you may have forgotten or maybe you never knew or, or whatever. But the thing that this coach taught, and there were a couple of clips I also wanted to use, but I just couldn't because there were just so many. But uh, one of the clips, uh, one of the clips that I wanted to use, and it was like five seconds, I didn't see the point, so I just thought I'd tell you about it, was when this coach is running them. Actually, they're just skating. I call it running. They're skating back and forth, getting in shape. And he says, you guys can't win on talent. You don't have enough talent. And uh, I just really, I really like that because many of us, in whatever realm of life we are in, maybe can relate to that at times. Maybe I don't have the talent that somebody else has. Does that mean I'm defeated? Maybe I'm not as good of a businessman or as good of a, of a whatever I do as that person across the way. Does that mean I'm defeated? Does that mean I can't win? Does that mean I can't be successful? I think that's the issue. So we talk about the power of perseverance. I want to give you some things to think about. First thing is this comes from one of our presidents, President Coolidge. Um, whatever you think of him or think of him as you read history, this is a phenomenal thought. Nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. It's a great thought. It's a great quote as well. I don't, I, before we go any further, we probably need a definition for you. Uh, so I've got a definition for, for you from uh, the Webster's Online Dictionary. And it goes like this. It's just a really, I think it's a good definition that, that explains it well. Steady persistence in the course of action. A purpose, a state, step forth. Especially in spite of difficulties, obstacles, or discouragement. That's what perseverance is. It's, it's an ingredient for character. It's important to know that. Um, doesn't mean that we don't have some brokenness. Doesn't mean that we don't have some failures. Doesn't mean that we don't have some resignations in our lives, whether that be in a, a position or whether that be in relationships or, or just kind of take that in a metaphorical sense. There are going to be those things. That doesn't mean that I'm not a persevering kind of person. And this is the thing that I, I, I want to really kind of get this clear before I get into to how this happens and how it's going to work and so forth. And that is this. So let me give you some, some what I call key thoughts, perseverance, some key thoughts, and just to kind of guide us along through here. It's not a formula, but uh, just to kind of guide us along and get you to think along these lines so you can uh, better understand at least hopefully what I'm communicating. And that is this. Perseverance is only as worthy as its subject or its object. You say, now what does that mean? Let me, I want to show you a verse from the Bible, and then I'm going to talk about it, and I think maybe you'll understand where I'm going with this, all right? This comes from the book of Galatians, chapter 6, beginning in verse 9. Just follow along. So don't get tired of doing what is good, key phrase, 
of doing what is good. Don't get discouraged and give up, for we will reap a harvest of blessing at the appropriate time. Whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone. And he goes on through the rest of the verse and so forth. Don't grow tired of doing what is good. What I want you to see on that is not all, hang on for this thought now, not all perseverance is good. It depends on the subject or the object of that perseverance. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, for instance, we don't persevere simply out of guilt and obligation. Well, I just got, my mom did this and her mom did this and my parents, I'm going to do this. This is the, you know, that's not a good reason to persevere. The Bible even tells us, don't grow weary of doing what is good. It's never good to do something out of guilt or out of obligation, never. And uh, I mention that a lot because I find that a lot in, in, for lack of a better term, religious circles where people do things out of guilt and obligation, sometimes toward um, parents, sometimes toward clergy, sometimes toward God. Don't do that. I can, I, I can speak for God on this subject because the Bible is very clear. I don't speak for God very often unless I know the Bible teaches it. And that is God, God doesn't want our guilt and our obligation. God wants our love. He makes that very clear. Read the book of Romans chapter 8. It's very clear on that. So don't persevere in things that, 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 that aren't good. You shouldn't do that. You know, recognize it's wrong and move on out of that. This is, this is pretty... Um, don't, perse- don't persevere simply because you've always done it that way. You know any churches like that? Well, we've always done it this way. Let me give you a real key little thing. You, you, I'm, I'm a pretty even-tempered guy. You want to see me just go right through the roof? Tell me sometime. Well, we should do this. Why? Well, because we've always done it that way. I'm just going to come. You're just going to see me. You're going to see pastoral meltdown right there. And you may get hurt, too. You may get hurt, okay? <laughs> Especially if I have a three iron. I can't hit a three iron, but I can hit you with a three iron, okay? And now, um, um, I mean, people do that sort of thing. You know, and, and, they, and they move on with their lives sometimes because the old, as, my, as a good friend of mine says, the old inertia principle kicks in. It doesn't move. You've got to keep going in that direction because that's kind of where the flow goes. That's not a good reason to persevere. You need to examine and re-examine your heart and your motive and your passions to make sure it's good. And then say, that's what I'm going to persevere in. That's what I'm going to do. That's the characteristic that I want to see developed in my life by God's grace and by God's help and by my, by my will, if you will, because I think it, it's a combination of both. Make sure your goals are honorable and right and good. Make sure of that. Revisit that often. Examination and re-examination. Make sure you're doing what Galatians says there when he says, don't get tired of doing what is good. The assumption there, it's good. Sometimes we miss, we miss some of those things. You know, one little test that you can put on this it's not a foolproof test, but it's one that can help. I do this frequently. And that is that you're really working towards something and you've got this goal and you've got this, this thing you're striving for. Here's a little thing, and that is I have two grandkids, and they're just, they're just terrific. You know, those of you who are grandparents know how we feel about grandkids. Skip the kids, just go to the grandkids, you know, because kids are a pain in the butt, but grandkids are wonderful. No, sorry. Anyway... Uh, <laughs> I didn't say that, did I? We love you kids. Anyway, um, my son, of course, has a different view, but that, you know, that, that, those are his kids. Um, 
And the thing I think about sometimes with my grandkids is, what, what will they think of something that I have committed my life or my time to? You can do it with kids too. What's it going to be worth in a hundred years? Because sometimes that will sort of swing the difference from those of us who say, I'm going to work really hard and make a lot of money. Nothing wrong with making a lot of money. Nothing wrong with that at all. But is that the sum total of what my life is going to be? Or will there be some other things involved with that as well? See, that's the issue. That's when you get into the character issue. That's when you get into the things of value. That's what's, what's, what's really important. Because most likely, a hundred years from now, your, what would that be, great-grand, great-great, whatever they are, kids won't sit around and say, oh, oh such and such. They may say he made a lot of money, but, but the things that are going to last is, you know, he really showed great character in the different areas of his life in which he was challenged and in which he succeeded, in which sometimes he didn't succeed. He showed great character. It's far far more important than what a lot of other things can be. So, first thought on this whole thing is perseverance. Make sure it's worth it. Make sure it's worth it. The second thing that I want you to see, just using these different thoughts as sort of a guide, and that is perseverance brings great victory. Sometimes. Okay? I had to add that. Perseverance brings great victory. Sometimes. Sometimes you persevere and you still lose. And one of the things, one of the dangers of, of, of talking about the 1980 Olympic team is we come here and we say, these guys persevered and, and there's some great stories here and it's great to hear them. And on the DVD, if you get the DVD, they got some special additional features where you can see some of the guys today talking about it and so forth and some of the lessons. There. And that's, it's really pretty fun, pretty cool and very, very insightful, I think. And, uh, and you, but one of the dangers is you get into that and you say, well, they persevered and they won. I would be less than honest if I didn't stand here to tell you, you know what, sometimes you're going to persevere and you're going to fail. Because I have. <laughs> I don't like it either. I mean, we don't have to think back too far more than last night's football game, do we? They persevered. And they competed nobly, at least some of us think they did, and they lost. We're speaking of the Jets, for those of you who might have just happened to squeeze into town here and don't know what really matters here to us, but um, <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Um, perseverance brings great victory, okay? Sometimes. Listen, the destination, the destination is not always indicative of the journey. And you need to keep that in mind. Because sometimes the destination may not be so great, but the journey uh, to get there was just... It, it's, it's not just about the destination, but it's also about the journey and the trip. Don't forget that. Another thought that I want to give you. Perseverance not only brings great victory, but sometimes it's, perseverance involves great struggle. Perseverance involves great struggle. I have got a quote here from a great writer that I, I love his writings dearly, Emerson. And uh, just, just, this is a great, just read this. Go follow along with me. The characteristic of a genuine heroism is its persistency. All men have wandering impulses. Amen to that. Fits and starts of generosity. But when you have resolved to be great, abide by yourself, and do not weakly try to reconcile yourself with the world, the heroic cannot be common, nor the common heroic. 
There's a struggle there, Emerson's communicating to us. There's a struggle. It's not a common thing to be persistent and to, be, uh, and, and, and to win in that struggle. It's not a common thing. I think the Apostle Paul also captured it for us in a passage in 1 Corinthians. He used a lot of, you know, some of you may think it's unholy or ungodly to, to do what we're doing with this series in terms of using sports to, to apply life lessons. I guess where I got the idea. I got the idea from the Apostle Paul. He did it all the time. And in fact, the passage I'm going to show you was referring to the Olympic Games. Isn't that neat? He was referring to the Olympic Games in 65 AD. Here we are in 2005 also referring to the Olympic Games. It's kind of a cool thing, I think, about sports. Um, and here it is, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Just follow along. You have all been to the stadium and see the athletes race. He assumes that. Everyone runs, one wins. Run to win. I love this guy's attitude. All good athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. You're after one that's gold eternally. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No sloppy living for me. I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping, telling everyone else all about it, and then missing out myself. There's a struggle here that the apostle's trying to communicate to us right here in the Bible. And he's saying perseverance involves a great struggle. That's part of the deal. And by the way, and he's going to tell us, I'm going to show you in just a moment, that struggle doesn't have to be alone. And in fact, if it is alone, it's going to be a, a real tough journey. So perseverance involves great struggle. The next thought that I want you to see is perseverance includes fulfillment. All right, Just follow this one because this is so important. Let's get to the good stuff here. Perseverance involves fulfillment and includes fulfillment. Again, I'm not saying, I'm going to say, I'm going to repeat this. I'm going to repeat it again, too. I'm not saying that perseverance always produces victory. It's about the journey, not just about the destination. But it inc- it, there is fulfillment. And I think the Apostle Paul communicates that. I'll, sh- I'll show you that again in a moment. But let me first show you this great Scottish writer, philosopher, historian, Carlyle. Let me show you what he said. Permanence Perseverance and persistence, in spite of all obstacles, discouragements, and impossibilities, it is this that in all things distinguishes the strong soul from the weak. I love the way he said that. It is in this that distinguishes the strong soul from the weak. In what? Permanence, perseverance, persistence. Tough times, yeah. Failures, yeah. In the middle of the fire sometimes, yes. In the middle of failure sometimes, yes. But you keep on keeping on. It's about the journey. It's not just about the destination. And God, so cool about this, God gives us that ability sometimes when we feel like we just can't go anymore. We can't try this thing again. We can't screw up enough courage, enough strength to keep on, whether that be in my, in my work or whether it be in relationships, whether it be in a marriage, maybe be in a family situation or with friends. Application, you can make some unique thing into your life as to how that can work. 
Let me show you again that passage we looked at. Well, we're going to look at this. Let me just show you what he says in, the, again, the Apostle Paul from Romans chapter 5. We've seen this uh, in recent weeks. If, you were, if, you were, if you're visiting with us, obviously you didn't see it. But here it is. In, Ro- in Romans chapter 5, we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. Why? For we know they're good for us. Say, oh, yeah, I've had enough. They're good for us, for they help us learn to endure. And endurance develops strength of character in us. And character strengthens our confident expectation of salvation. There is fulfillment included, involved in this thing of persevering. There's some fulfillment there. Maybe it doesn't come with this great victory over this evil empire that everybody had just been so... um, right or wrong, uh, hateful toward for a number of number. Maybe it doesn't involve that, the USSR versus the USA. Maybe it's something far less obvious than that for you and in your situation. Maybe it has to do with just the fulfillment of, of sticking with someone whom you love and who sometimes they aren't very lovable. There's fulfillment in that. And that's why he's saying here when he says, listen, you run into these things, they're good for us. They help us to learn to endure. And that develops character. I know, sometimes you get to that and you think, okay, I've got enough character. Well, sometimes we do feel that way. Last thought that I want you to see is perseverance displays this great character. I've already touched on it, so I'm just, it's not new to you. Perseverance displays great character. Great American writer Mark Twain said this, The miracle or the power that elevates the few is to be found in their industry, application, and perseverance under the prompting of a brave, determined spirit. That's the miracle. That's the power. Perseverance under the prompting of a brave and determined spirit. To go back to that Romans passage that we just read, if you look at it again, he says in verse 4, let me show it to you right there, right there in verse 4 where he says, um, and endurance develops strength of character in us. It, it develops character. It develops great character. And that's why when we stop and we think about this and we kind of meditate a little bit and reflect and, and really think through this whole thing, again, it's not just about where we end up. Because we all know, to you coin a term, the phrase that we've all probably heard, the end doesn't justify the means. It's not about where we end up. It's about the process of getting there. And God is about process. All, I'm not going to bore you with them. There's all kinds of theological terms that talk about process, the process of God working in the life of the believer. And, and it's so cool in those of us who have trusted Christ in whatever capacity we have been able to do that in our own heart and our own mind. It's so cool to be able to stop and reflect on that and that as I trust Christ, He works in my life and through this whole process of life, of, of becoming more of the person that God wants me to be. This whole process is God working in me and through me in spite of whatever else may be going on around me, teaching me perseverance. There's not a successful person in the world, now think about this, who haven't had to, pers- to, ha- had to, to pursue this quality of perseverance in one form or another. I mean, it's, it's an amazing thing. Some of you business guys know what it means to persevere from 6 a.m. to 1 or 2 and then turn around and do it again. Not for a week. Not for a month. 
but sometimes for years. We have some actors. These guys are amazing, ladies. Some of the stuff they put up with and go through and deal with, seeking to, to, to fulfill their dreams and not is their desire to be famous. Maybe someone, their desire is to, is, is to be fulfilled. It takes perseverance. Wherever you are in life, and especially young people, I want you to just, but it doesn't, it's not limited to the young. Wherever you are in life, if you want to grow and if you want to, if you want to become the person that God wants you to be and, and be fulfilled in whatever area of life, it's going to take perseverance. It's going to take character. And I, I, only God can develop character. Only God can do that. That's why we have to sometimes just come to God and just say, hey, God, here I am. Here I am again. I, I, you know, I've many times I've prayed. I've just gone to God and said, literally in these words, oh, God, here I am again. I need help. I want to quit. I want to tell so-and-so where they can go. Sometimes I've done that. But um, not proud of that, but I have done that a couple of times. But uh, it's not the kind of thing you want to hear from your pastor, is it? You know, what you can do, you can go straight. Anyway, um, <laughs> never mind. We won't go there right now. Let's don't do that. We don't want to talk about my problems. Um, and we could be here all day if we did that. Sometimes you get to the point, though, where you just can't, you just don't feel like you have the strength to go on. And you know what? I got a great, I got another verse for you. I got a great one for you. Maybe you've heard it. Maybe you've heard some part of it before. I don't know. I've used it before. It comes from Matthew chapter 11. Let me just show it to you because I've got it for you in PowerPoint. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I'll give you rest. Keep in mind the metaphor here. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke fits perfectly and the burden I give you is light. Sometimes we can do nothing else. And I don't really, please, don't, don't separate this between a, a pastor and whatever it is you do because it's all applicable. We're all in God's service wherever we are. You know, and it's just as applicable to me as the guy that has to face Wall Street at 6 o'clock in the morning or the actor that has to face another Broadway audition tomorrow afternoon or, or the student that has to go to, to class and just hang in there or the mom that has to deal with three more screaming kids or two more screaming kids or some smart aleck teenager that needs his, you know, never mind. And, and you know where I'm heading with this, right? Whatever that, wherever you are in that whole thing. You can thank God. There it is, right there. Jesus said, come to me. I'll help. Come to me. I want to close with a prayer. Um, not my prayer. Prayer from um, one of my favorite authors as a child. Now, I don't know why as a child. I, I read Treasure Island and, and uh, what was the other one he did? Treasure Island and uh, I can't think of it right now. I'll think of it in a moment. Robert Louis Stevenson. Um, what was the other one? Uh, Pirates and stuff like that. That was Treasure Island. There was another one they did too. But anyway, Robert Louis Stevenson, who also was a great man of faith, um, there's a bronze memorial that's uh, to him on the Saint, on a, on a cathedral, St. Giles Cathedral in Edinburgh, Scotland. And here is the prayer that Robert Louis Stevenson prayed that's there to live in, in all eternity that I'm going to pray with you, and, and we're going to use it as our closing prayer as well. All right? Here it is. Give us grace and strength to forbear and to persevere 
Give us courage and gaiety and the quiet mind. Spare to us our friends. Soften to us our enemies. Isn't that good? Come on up, guys. Come on up, Bandle. You guys can get us out of here. I want to, I want to read it one more time. And just, just as you all are thinking about it right there, just, um, just make this your prayer. Pray it like I'm going to. God, give us grace and strength to forbear and to persevere. Give us courage and gaiety and the quiet mind. And God, please spare to us our friends and soften to us our enemies. Lord God, we make that our prayer. We thank you for your love and for your grace. And Lord, we just pray that like we have seen in sports over and over again, that we would persevere. And God, we're so thankful that we don't have to do it on our own, that we can come to you and say, Lord, I I need a little more grace. I need a little more strength. I need a little more help. And you're there. You're there for us. We thank you for that, Lord. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.